0: Hello everybody welcome back to the End Again podcast I am your host Omer a football writer and analyst and I'm joined today as always by H a football content creator that focuses on the tactical parts of the beautiful game the World Cup has concluded Lionel Messi is king uh, and Argentina are crowned champions um, which for the people who follow me and the people who know me you'll know that I'm absolutely over the moon with that um we're going to talk a little bit about the game, um, the final, and what a crazy final it is. And probably, I mean, for me, the best tournament that I've seen, sort of domestically or uh, internationally. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about that and then we'll talk probably to um, both of our teams of the tournament. Um, and then maybe a little bit about sort of what the Premier League might bring. Although, uh, like I was mentioning to Age like before we uh, started filming, the World Cup has Finished me, uh, and I'm burnt out uh, in the face of domestic <laughs> footy. Um, so, so we'll get this World Cup talk uh, started, anyways. Uh, H, tell me about. I don't know how this. the players do this, bro. I don't know how they do it. I mean, I mean yeah, we're watching and talking about it, and it's uh, it's taken out of us. But uh, t- t- tell me about the final. Brother. What did you uh, What did you make of that?
1: Ah, oh, I loved it, man. I do you know what I I love. I love like tactical parts of the game, but when like games like that are just so like individually like individually carried, I, I, there's just something. It was almost like basketball. Like not only the the pacing of the game, but like the actual way in which the game was played with obviously Mbappe and Messi. And I thought there were some outstanding players. Honestly, like I thought, um, uh, I thought Angel Di Maria again was just I exceptional. love like, for I love the first Di Maria, sixty man. minutes, man. I just. This I, w- I wish it didn't end so bitter for us and him because I just feel like every single time I watch him, I'm like, this guy's he's just so much better than he's actually regarded as.
0: Yeah.
1: Um Enzo Fernandez, obviously uh, the best midfielder in the world, I'm joking. Young um,
0: player of the judgment nah, as
1: well. Yeah, on on it now nah, I gen- genuinely like I've never I've never seen I've never seen a player fit so comfortably. I think people need to understand that before this tournament he'd played three games for Argentina and all of them were friendlies yeah um and and in this tournament we've seen him play as a single six as a double six as an eight um like he's been so flexible for Argentina this world cup and you know I think he had the most tackles in a world cup since 2006 in a match which obviously doesn't look that impressive considering it's only three or four tournaments or whatever but
0: I mean, there's um, loads of games within yeah. those tournaments anyway, so...
1: I know, that's, like, 21 years old doing that is, is crazy, crazy yeah. good.
0: And, and to be fair, like, I think it's interesting because normally you get people um, talking about football and making these suggestions online or speaking to their friends about, oh, this player should play or the manager's got it wrong and he should bring certain guys into the starting eleven. I think with yep. Argentina uh, and Scaloni... I think it might be one of the few occasions where sort of the fan or the informed fans opinion actually translated into what was done uh, across the tournament and the players that sort of people propped up and and rated highly uh, came into the side and performed really well. I think Um, Julian Alvarez was incredible um, and I watched lyrical about him at any chance I get, I think sort of, um, following on from the world cup i'd love for guardiola and manchester city to create a starting 11 that gets both Haaland and alvarez in the side i've got my own mad version yeah. of that i've tweeted it before um and it, it ends up with having rodri at center back just to get all of the big hits <laughs> in the in the side um <laughs> shall i quickly speak let me quickly speak on that boys and girls li- listen to my um, my mad scientist ways so basically what i want is in possession, this is gonna sound so nerdy, man. Uh, in possession, I want because for me, I think the three centre backs that you have uh, in Ruben Diaz, John Stones, and Amrik Laporte, I think they're like it's almost like a preference who, in in who you think, um, yeah, is the is the better centre back. For me, I think John Stones because because he probably uh, balances both the the in possession like on ball things uh, with the with the defensive abilities more than both of them. I, I want all three of them playing. Then I want Haaland and Alvarez playing. And then I want uh Foden playing, De Bruyne playing, uh Rodri, Gundwan and Bernardo playing. So that's my ten outfielders. And then I have to think of a system to get all of them in the side. Um and the only way I can do that is like in possession, having Rodri. Um I mean in possession, Rodri can be in midfield, and then you're playing sort of this three, one, six, Rodri has that one, um, and then like, Harland, Alvarez down the middle, Bernardo, KDB on the right, Foden, Gundwan on the left, uh, and then you have your three centre backs at the back. And then out of possession, you're thinking, how the hell do you sort of figure out how to play all of these ten players? I just think at that point, drop Rodri as the centre back, Laporte left back, Stones right back, and then Gundwan. Bernardo as your two midfielders, and then little four four two off the ball, um, which actually works.
1: Four four two off the ball, that, that, that yeah. I like
0: that. It, it actually works, but I think it's so crazy that I don't know if we'll see it. I think Guardiola is probably the only coach who might do it. And the fact that Luis Enrique was the coach who played um, Rodri as this centre back gives me a bit of hope. I think we've seen Rodri at centre back before. And perhaps have you seen that game? Sorry, just to. Uh, it's a complete tangent, and it always happens on the podcast. But have you seen? <laughs> have you seen this game where like Fernandinho played as this like false centre back, kind of I like see, what I'm yeah. describing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Was it,
0: um, I think it was against Champions League, wasn't it? No, I don't know. Arsenal, yeah. It might've been Arsenal. I don't know. It might've been Champions League. There was, there was a couple because I swear
1: it it was when Pep started to like use Rodri as the
0: six. Yeah. I think. And then uh, there's been a few occasions basically where like, I think the one that I'm thinking of is like Fernandinho basically played as the DM. Um, it was sort of like a 3-1 something something ahead of them. But like in possession, when City had the ball, Fernandinho would be the DM. He would step up and be the DM. And then when they'd lose the ball, he'd drop back and be that centre-back and make back four. And I was like, this is amazing. Oh, that's... um, Oh, what the bloody
1: hell is it called now?
0: Oh, like a... Oh, a, a it's Libero. Like
1: a libero, that's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah, thing is...
0: Yeah. yeah, to be fair, I, I would say it is like that. I, I'm viewing it more as like... The DM stepping back into defense, whereas I think the Liberal can step back going forward. Yeah. But it's so basically the same thing. Um yeah. but enough of that tangent. If it ever happens, I just want to I wanted to say that on there so I can clip it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but Can't what, have receipts, man. Exactly, brother. Um they're ingrained in my mind. Everyone says, How do you remember that tweet from three years and two months ago? Brother, I, I need my receipts. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. back to the World Cup talk. Uh, I, I mean, we mentioned the Argentina midfield. Um, one player I want to mention actually is is McAllister. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on McAllister as well because I saw some people making a comparison on the timeline um, in that he resembles Gundwan. And funnily enough, I basically think I relate every young midfielder to Gundwan at some point. I think I've related <laughs> Frankie, uh, Enzo, Jude, and now... I don't know how old McAllister is actually, but like McAllister as well. Twenty-three. Twenty-three, yeah, so he's fairly young. Um but to be fair, I think McAllister, in terms of some of the things I saw yesterday, was like a fairly close in terms of style and, and role, um, comparison to to Okai And I don't know uh, if you saw that, but just in yep. general, what do you make of his game yesterday?
1: I thought he was brilliant. I think he's been I think he's been brilliant all tournament. I think he's um He's uh, he's so interesting. Like he's been he's been used at the base for midfield for Brighton, um, and yeah. it's just you know um, we have seen him yesterday as the furthest fa- like the furthest forward midfielder, and I've just that kind of flexibility in his game at twenty three years old um, is crazy considering he's not got a physical profile which can carry him through both positions. Yeah, you know he's he's I, just I pure brilliance on the ball.
0: Similar a little bit to Gundogan. Um, was the way he used his body. And I, I know you've mentioned that he's not massively physical. I would probably agree with that. I think the way that they're able to sort of use their steps and, and place their feet between um, the ball and and the man that is trying to win the ball off them and sort of shield the yeah. ball. Um, it's sort of very gundwan esque um, And Gundwan has so many traits that are like, if you want to be a top midfielder, just sort of study Gundwan's game because he's proficient in basically all parts of the midfield. Um, but but with McAllister, I think earlier on in the tournament as well, we saw him playing off the left. Um, yeah, I think that his completeness really is like something to be massively admired. And I think it's a product a little bit of playing underneath Graham Potter and his expansive um, systems. Really. Yeah, 100%. I think as well as, you know,
1: we 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 go a lot we go on a lot about profiling players correctly but i just feel like this is a midfielder who um is you can profile in 10s of different ways um yeah i just uh, like yesterday I, for me i saw a, a left center mid in an arsenal team and i think i tweeted it as well i think like that's what i seen from him yesterday i seen
0: i mean left rotation. center mid in an arsenal team is basically left center mid in a city team which is okay oh, yeah. good <laughs> which is good again yeah, yeah. Um, I th- hear that.
1: Yeah, I just, I, it's just something about players who, like you said there, when they're, when they're so small, but they use the body so well, like it's the South American way in it. How many players have we now watched that have ridiculous upper body and core strength when they're dribbling? You know, it's yeah. usually wingers and stuff like that. And it's interesting how you obviously mentioned how he was used as a winger.
0: Um, you know, yeah, just, uh,
1: just a crazy good talent, honestly
0: when you when you mention about players using the body and things like that, I've actually noticed that a lot more this tournament than ever before and I think I had a few moments where I was like sort of realising things um, about dribbling that I hadn't picked up upon um, before the tournament but one thing that comes to mind is Messi um, against Guardiola. Um and I think there's a little moment where he's at the edge of the box and he sort of faints to go right before springing in running inside um, and and when he does that I think he uses his hand really like cleverly but he, he uses his hand and just sort of palms off uh, Guardiola to sort of keep that separation but also spring a little bit and um, prevent yep. the defender getting close to him and I watched um, I watched some of the Croatia games and, and Kovacic does that really well as well um, yeah. not, not just in palming sort of defenders away but like using their arms as this sort of like sort of shield around him and if there's any players within yeah. that sort of vicinity just pushing them away with the forearms the elbows a little bit Um because at the it's, end it's of the day it's
1: a completely different it's like a completely different parallel but Nemanja Matic used to do that all the time
0: I Nemanja, Nemanja Matic
1: used to literally Nemanja Matic used to carry the ball out of defence or midfield hmm. and someone would like try and challenge him and he'd just like put their arm across the face like that and just be yeah. like no but you're, not, so you're not even getting anywhere near this ball
0: yeah because cause when I think of dribbling, or I think when when people in general think of dribbling, of obviously, what does the player do with the ball at their feet? Um, yeah. Whereas throughout this tournament, I've, I've seen dribbling a little bit more as, how does the player with the ball prevent the opposition from getting it? Yeah. And that can be in so many <clears throat> think, different ways. It doesn't just need to be
1: with yeah. the foot. I think I've seen... I I call it two different things, but I think this tournament especially has been one where I've like really differentiated the two, and like carrying and dribbling in this World Cup has become like almost like polar opposites to me. Like I feel Mm. like I'm seeing I'm seeing midfielders who like walk with the ball, but they're not running at pace. But they're getting the bit, they're getting the ball up the pitch. You know, they're using the body well, stuff like that. But then I'm also seeing incredible ISO wingers like Rafael Leal, for example, or Mikael Saka, or Di Maria. Yeah, like, a, yeah, This it's been a crazy tournament. Like, there's just so much to take from this. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm just absolutely exhausted. <laughs> like, I just, I've been trying to just, I, like, I've been trying to take away like so much tactical element of the game. Yeah. But in taking away the tactical element of the game, I'm also looking at players individually to in-depth and I'm like, like when I watched that Messi against Cavardio dribble, I'm like, why does he even challenge him? Like it's not even, that like, he doesn't look at him and go, yeah, I can get past him, surely. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? You like, know what? It's just crazy to think that he still comes out with a
0: ball. Like, Speak, Speaking to your point about just, obviously the fact is like most of the people watching the games are like watching it for fun, really. Uh, and I think yeah, we've mentioned on the podcast before, there's certain games where like you can switch your brain off and just watch it completely as a, Spectator for fun, neutral. Um, yeah, but like when it's something like Argentina, Lionel Messi, like I'm just addicted to wanting to know why things happen. Yeah. Um, but speaking to your point about like really focusing on in on uh, individuals, I think there was literally before that that dribble and that pass for Alvarez's goal, it was a throw-in situation, and um, Messi tells Alvarez, I think, to stand on uh, Guardiola right behind him. Uh, And then he tells the thrower, not to throw it to Messi, who's the free man, but to throw it to Alvarez. He throws it over Messi to Alvarez, um, who has got it all right on his back, marking him. And then um, Alvarez plays his bounce, like back pass, first time to Messi. And that entire situation basically ensures that Messi receives the ball, not facing his own goal, um, but he, he receives the ball facing the opposition goal, ready to dribble. And he, he takes the ball yep. and dribbles in that situation. And I think it's really interesting that such a little detail of Messi seeing that picture way before it's already happened, um, but telling Alvarez to receive the ball um, off the throw rather than Messi, the free man receiving it, changes the outcome of the game um, so massively. So I think like there is merit to watching the game really closely and uh, You know, finding out these little like sort of Easter eggs or or little like bits of the game that you can exploit, um, which was really interesting to me, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I, I've just been like, I just almost wanted to kind of take a step back and just be like, let's just watch this, let's just watch this World Cup normally, you know, let's just like not try (laughs) and go too much. But then, like, I'm just watching, like, for example, just the way Argentina like set up yesterday, for example, with like almost like a uh four, three in the middle, Messi as like a ten, and then Alvarez and then just no right winger, but Di Maria was then on the left and I was like, Melina Ma- like, Melina pushed on? up and, like,
0: and and uh provided that width to be honest. And I think deported did as well. Yeah. They've got just this incredible heart where they all yeah. like sort of run run their legs off and, and provide sort of sort of occupation of zones where, where they need to be, even if they're not strictly playing in those positions which I, which I found really like Nice to watch, to be honest. Um, yeah, but- I think, I
1: don't, I don't, There's just something about. I, I think I really like Rodrigo De Paul. Yeah, like I think I, I, honestly, he's getting I really criticised
0: after the first half of the first game.
1: Yeah, it was the. I think it was the Mexico game as well. Yeah. Um. He was. He was really poor, but I, he's had a. He had a really good end to the tournament.
0: Um, I was speaking I to he was
1: absolutely brilliant again yesterday.
0: I was speaking to Nabeed yesterday, and I said, um, "I I wish Rodrigo De Paul was my best friend. Like this guy, just seems like such a good guy. Like you yeah. every picture, video, whatever I see of Lionel Messi, Rodrigo De Paul is like within sort of yeah. two feet of him. Um, and to be fair, on the field, like he sort of ran enough." Um, for for Messi's walking if that makes sense Um, yeah
1: on the right hand side yeah yeah
0: he genuinely did Uh, but but yeah to be fair I I don't think I can sort of single out any players in the Argentina side who actually to be fair do you want to talk about the Lautaro Martinez cameo
1: oh (laughs) Sen- <laughs> this this is for Senna's because I know he absolutely like he, he said a few he said like a few I think it might have been like a year ago at this point he said that he will crumble on the big stage and then he's had two chances on the big stage and he's missed about 14 big chances in the big stages <laughs> you know I'll
0: be completely honest oh. yeah. if you know me and if you know the players that I stand and the players that I rep and the players that I love you're going to go for it they're players that are like they'll make something happen <laughs> within the game and then they'll just miss the chances. Like Christian Pulisic. I just can't
1: believe he shot when he when he went into the box on, for the Messi's third goal. I can't believe he just pelts it at the keeper. It's
0: hilarious though, because it works. Like, they I know, like, that is, like that is the crazy thing. It the thing is, worked. When I watched that game and he was missing all of those chances, I was thinking, no, Toro, brother, come on. Like, the script is written for you. Just get to, on, Yeah, just, just come on, on, do something. Uh, and I sort of half-jokingly tweeted something like, uh, Scaloni's bringing on um, La Toro and he's given him the come on win, win us the tournament speech here Um, I said yeah. he, he win us the tournament script writing or something and then like he kept missing those chances and I, I said something like La Toro's forgot his lines he needs to learn his lines and then he took that shot he didn't score but the goal came from what he'd yeah. actually done in that, that situation Um, uh, so I think it's as a bizarre action. yeah uh, mm-hmm. and I think as bizarre as his cameo was and the fact that he should definitely sort of not be hedrin a cross that comes from that side back to that side oh yeah yeah I don't know how, I don't even know how that's physically possible but irrespective of all of that it probably was the right substitution and it shifted momentum back into Argentina's favour he made loads of things happen yeah. uh, and he didn't shy away even though he was missing things so you know what I think people I respect it even though I think though people can
1: obviously I think people can see that he's that he would work next to a big man like he does for club. Like I think people can kind of understand how a Romelu Lukaku off of him maybe helps his game, or like a Edin off of him like helps his game. But like I said it on on I think it even might have been our last podcast. Like he's he's not as unreliable for Inter, but he he is like a very unreliable finisher. But I do feel bad for him because he's one of, like he's he's one of the best like off the ball pressers I've watched recently. Like he's so tenacious, obviously he's South American. He's, he, he's, he's one who's got really good strength, like upper body strength, mm. really good like core strength, like really good when he takes the ball. I said this on the last one, but he's like really strangely good in the air, which is ironic considering he missed that Chance. He he met the ball head. though too fair. I, I was just i was i was thinking to myself i was like this is actually the one like ahead yeah. like he's good in the air you, like you'll you'll at least put this on target and it was like not the easiest one but like
0: Yeah, i mean it shouldn't have been it shouldn't near. have gone where it did no no no, no. as much as it did um
1: it was a free i always i i'm really critical of players who miss free headers yeah because like like obviously if you play football, you know how hard it is to get a header on target when someone's going up for the header with you. But when you've got a free header, it's yeah. like it's 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 quite like it's not easy because the ball's obviously whipped to with a lot But of hate, I mean, relative to it the chances that you're so get. much easier. Yeah. yeah, it becomes so much easier than people might think, free headers. So yeah, I don't like it when people miss or players miss free headers, it doesn't nah, like either. It on, so.
0: But I think I think it's just in my nature to defend uh bad finishers if they Moved the needle in the game. Shout out. Not, uh, t- shout out not team a bad player. Not,
1: <laughs> not a bad a, player, just a bad finisher.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, at least in the tournament uh, that we saw, because I'm not super familiar with his um, his game in Italy. But I do want to move a little bit forward and, and talk about um, our mate Lionel Messi, the greatest mm. to play the game. Um, that That's surely a, a statement that you agree with, um, I assume.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. not even not even just because of yesterday like just I so I've watched um so I watched so I watched when was it now like 2017 I like proper started like watching football like tactically and like understanding it and I played it and I played it from when I was quite young. Yeah. Um and as you can tell I didn't really have like a blessed physical attributes. <laughs> so I I just feel like when someone has nothing going for them physically. And, and yeah. it annoys me because people say this narrative of like, oh, he's technically gifted. Like he's gifted. It doesn't work like that. You don't just wake up and like, no. you don't know, just have ball control and like upper body strength. And like, I think there's obviously,
0: that, that's not how it works. There's obviously parts of his build or whatever that suit, being better at football. Yeah, like a guy
1: or kind of, yeah. Yeah, like long
0: torso, short legs, small in general, low centre of gravity. But even irrespective of that, we've seen players in that sort of build before. Um, Yeah. And what I mentioned in my article that speaks to your point about sort of having to put in that work to become as great as he has done is the idea that he became one of the, I mean, I would say he became the best free kick taker later on in his career he was always sort of averaged by the numbers in terms of penalties. And then in this tournament, he's changed his penalty technique and shown a mastery that's like on par with how Neymar takes his penalties. I think the second penalty um, in the final was a testament to that and how he really just gently caressed it uh, to the opposite side of of Hugo Lloris. And I was like, this is a confidence of of a player who's been a sort of penalty kick master across his career when that's never been the case, he's just really developed it, and I think he, because he's almost been a bit shy or introverted in the past in his career. Obviously, this tournament he hasn't. This tournament he's sort of. Some mocking and, and, and celebrating in the face of louis van Gaal and uh calling yeah. out web and and all of this which i to be fair i, I loved um except for the workers I, f- I felt a bit bad for workers but just in general sort of like uh uh giving <laughs> g- yeah facts giving it the 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 big one to to louis van Gaal and things like that and sort of just being a really vocal like massive personality yeah. uh but yeah. just in general, like I think the fact that he's been able to master penalties, free kicks, master leadership—I'd say, um,
1: yeah, definitely change, master leadership. i yeah. heavily agree with that as well.
0: And then change his yeah. game from this sort of really direct winger to this output machine, to this deep line creator. To he's done everything. I don't think there's anything we can say about Messi. Um, I think, yeah,
1: I think like history treats. History treats both of Messi and Ronaldo well. Like I think, you know, eventually down the line, they'll both look back on him and they'll both look back and they'll be like, you know, probably didn't appreciate um, one or the other as much as we should have done, blah blah blah. But I think overall, if if you're gonna watch a Messi documentary in ten years' time after after he's retired, and you're gonna tell me that this nice guy who'd lost in the World Cup before, missed clutch penalties, was gonna step up, take. Everything of his entire like nation on his back, and just say, "I'm going to do this. Like, don't worry about it. You know, I'm going to be the one to take the first penalties twice in two penalty shootouts. Mm. I'm going to bag on both." I found that you know, really interesting.
0: Um, so to cut you off there, but I, I did find it really interesting how Mbappe obviously took the first one, putting away his third penalty against Emi Martinez, and I think at that point that really sort of nails home some momentum for France. Um, yep. And I think the fact that it was counted directly after with a Lionel Messi penalty with that much sort of coolness and, and yeah, like effortlessness um, really sort of swung the the momentum back in Argentina's favour, which is, you know, everyone says like, leave your best take it to fifth and things like that. I, I really like that Messi took uh, the first one as did Mbappe as well.
1: I just, like, even I, he'd like, I was saying... I grew up watching Cristiano Ronaldo like from a young age. I've watched Cristiano Ronaldo at his peak and stuff. I've watched probably one of the most clutch players of all time. And then the the criticisms of Messi has always been about um, them clutch moments, not showing up in the big finals. And then...
0: And the certain trophies, like knockout trophies. Yeah, and the certain
1: trophies. Yeah, he's not quite done the bit for. You know, sometimes it has been Angel Di Maria who's stepped up and done it for the country and stuff like that. But then to put in a phenomenal performance in the final. But then yeah, the to, best player
0: for me by far. Do you, do you have, because um, I've seen some people on social media say like Mbappe had a better performance in the final. Uh, where do you, where do you stand on no, that position?
1: So I actually, I'm really glad you brought this up and I think Mbappe um, had one long, good moment in the game. If that makes, if that makes sense. I think the 30 minutes, I think it was from the 60th to the 90th, um, he was he was really really good, and then he had that yeah. one dribble that Dybala thankfully cleared in that last two minutes of the game. Yeah, but this is this is I tweeted this, and I think people are not slightly coming around to it because I think people were already like fully aware of this is the way it is. But this is knockout football is custom made, like tailor made for players like Mbappe who have.
0: Ah, oh, yeah, I actually think he's the best
1: switches. Yeah, he's the best like, knockout cannot,
0: p- tournament player.
1: Yeah, this is one of the reasons why Cristiano Ronaldo has won so many Champions Leagues, and you know he's decisive like, in these the moments. In it, yeah, these sort of players who don't have to have like a lot of the ball to make these snap actions is like incredible. How like I don't think people can fathom how hard it is. To have one or two half chances and to turn them into goals in, on like the biggest stages in the biggest moments when your team's losing, like, yeah. I'm I not being funny, but that second goal, he doesn't even have to take it with his first touch. He yeah. doesn't even have to do that. Why does he do that?
0: Even though I thought Messi he, was like definitely clear of Mbappe in terms of performances over the 120 minutes, I would say Mbappe's second goal was the best action of the game by far. Um, <laughs> I've
1: just I can't honestly I like I just just anyone just like just take a ball down to like a pitch and just like where does it he hits it like just inside of the box like on the
0: corner it's also just, just hit, the, the honestly, audacity just and it. the confidence to like do that at, yeah. at a World Cup final and you're already down yeah and to be fair though as soon as he so I had this complaint Um, I had this complaint basically I saw this report that Deschamps had um, really criticised France at half time for their mood and um, their motivation and their energy. Um, And I I tweeted something um, a little critically about Mbappe and that he was walking in a final. And if he's sort of your talisman and your leader, and if he's not sort of portraying that body language that speaks as a leader uh, or drives home confidence for the rest of the team, then... It's not a massive surprise that some of the other players um, are not playing with We're that nonchalant. same energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I saw Messi, obviously, he, he's a player who walks, lows, but in certain moments he was tracking back, putting in the tackle, um, pressing as well. Um, and then as soon as Mbappe got that penalty, he scored it, he sprints um, and picks up the ball out of the net. That's when I thought if you're a player on the team, if you're a sort of fan in the crowd and you watch that intensity and that urgency, that drives home uh, sort of a, yeah. a message of like, come on, we can do this and brings the energy into the team, shifts the momentum. As soon as that happened, I thought, you know what? I would not be surprised to see a, a quick goal again. Then Mbappe scores yeah. basically a minute or two later. And then I think there was a moment, sort of five minutes after that, where a player goes down injured and Mbappe, instead of sort of walking around, minding his own business, he's going to the French fans and he's Ging them open. And, in that period there, where Mbappe was sort of, I don't know, he was he was in this different state, um, in a trance. Yeah, 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 it was incredible. Um, and then until Argentina got their foot on the ball again, um, yeah, Mbappe was the guy. But I thought in extra time, Messi sort of reestablished his his um, claim on the game and sort of showed why yeah. he was the best player d- over 120.
1: Do you know what I think is quite scary? That I don't think. I've actually had a chance to reflect on, and obviously you'll know this firsthand. Do, do you remember when Mbappe was actually at Monaco, like he was actually coming through, and yeah. he scored on like, he scored against Manchester City on like one of his first ever Champions League games. And he was like 17. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I like think he was at home. I can't remember. Yeah, return. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, we str- we struggled to to deal with him massively. I think we were really trying to sign him uh, after yeah. he peppered us, basically. I just remember
1: watching him in that game, and I just thought, like at the time I was like, this guy's 17, but he looked like frail. He looked like a bit, like he was, he was really good in, in the Champions League. Like obviously he was like confident and stuff. I was thinking this guy's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, And it just feels like he's just gone, like he's just morphed into this like physical. I've never seen someone move like that. Like, do you want know that clip in the box?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. R9 aura uh, to that That's clip. 2012
1: Ronaldo. That is nuts. Yeah, like he was
0: really in his bag there. Uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Whatever, whatever was going through... it was Mad stuff must have been going through his mind right there. He was thinking about... <laughs> he was thinking about them TikTok edits when he went... Like, <laughs> he
0: was like, oh my God. You know what? I uh, For Mbappe... Once, and I think p- people might not like this about Mbappe, but I really like the fact that he... At least on field, I think off field is a bit like... Sometimes distasteful. I mean, it doesn't really sticky. matter. It yeah. doesn't really matter because... <laughs> it is sort of what, what goats do or or what elite players do but like the, the fact that he has this like confidence to just think I am that guy and you know I'll take the ball here I know I can beat yep. this guy I can beat another guy I can try and score here I really like that and even if he's like I think comparing him to Messi is sort of unfair um, and, and saying okay he's not the complete player he can't sort of dictate the game from the second third like sure all of that's true and it means like for me he won't sort of touch Lionel Messi's greatness but it doesn't mean that he's not an incredible incredible player I think you can just be a final third player and be elite and, and one of the best sort of to yeah. grace the game especially on the international stage um, for yeah. killing Mbappe, anyways
1: this is this is what I think like this is this is why I like preference is so huge when you're talking about your favourite player because for for 10 years more Mbappe is going to be the guy who's gonna you know pick up the ball last line take someone on shoot cross um you know mazy dribbles like he's gonna be that guy but some people might like that but think it's too predictable think it's too rash so people like like you just said like your second phase like dictators who can drop into these pockets like like Lionel Messi and yeah I think you've got you've really got to appreciate both sides of the coin because I think I'm I'm someone who I'm someone who rates Messi and Ronaldo extremely high and they couldn't have been more different players if they tried to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um and I think I can I can sit here and, you know, you know, really think about Cristiano Ronaldo at his peak and be like, I love that I love that relentless, like, no prisoners kind of like, really aggressive final third play. But then sometimes I can sit there and watch Messi and I'm just in love with the, you know, the way he moves on a ball. Like, no one can get near him. He plays a game at his own speed. No one's rushing him. You can't push Messi off the ball. You can't take the ball off him. And I think them two parallels, you've just got to, like, you've really got to enjoy them both because it's like water and fire almost.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, it's, it's crazy, like, the difference between them, but... Also, the level that they're both playing at, yeah. and obviously Messi and Ronaldo, and now Messi and Mbappe, it's just it's just crazy. And I think you've got to you've got to admire them both. And I think I'm lucky that I that I can do that because I know there yeah. are a lot of people out there who don't like doing that. But yeah, man, I just I've never seen two footballers be so dissimilar yet so good at the same time. Like, yeah, crazy different.
0: For me, I think it's important to really appreciate players for, for what they are. And to be honest, I think sometimes just comparing plays, it just takes a bit of the, I don't know, it just takes an enjoyment out of things really. Um, yep. For me, I think to be the greatest and to be like sort of in the top three, four, five of all time, you need to be a player who has a completeness, um, which is where for me, I think mm-hmm. sort of the likes of Maradona, Pele, Messi are probably my top three because they're guys who can really control a game play incredible passes, score goals, dribble to the highest level. I think if you can do sort of all of those things and not just be sort of the striker, if you can be just the main man really uh, in everything that a footballer needs to do, uh, at least in an attacking sense, then yeah, for me, I think that is such a lofty criteria. But I think because there's so few players in there, that is sort of what makes the greats the greatest. But it doesn't mean I'm going to look at someone who's like an incredible <clears throat> scorer I think in the new generation yeah. for example we're looking at Erling Haaland I'm not going to look at Erling Haaland and say he's a poor player I think in some circumstances if the output is so good then it can bridge the yeah. gap a little bit to a player who's less complete well, I, uh, more complete sorry but yeah. less effective uh, but I just think like if you're really effective the ceiling is higher. You, you should be, be effective in are, all game states yeah the, the players yeah. who are the most complete are, have the highest ceiling
1: well, I, I agree with you. Like, I I prefer, obviously, I prefer Lionel Messi. I prefer that style. Because um, I, I do believe that if you can affect a game in any game state, like Lionel Messi on the break, Lionel Messi versus a deep block, Lionel Messi in transition, like, they're all the same quality of player.
0: Lionel Messi, the creator. Um, Lionel Messi, the scorer. Lionel, Lionel Messi, Messi, doing quarterback,
1: the king. receiver. Yeah, just... <laughs> uh, that guy. Do you know what? I've... It's gonna sound so. Sh- that guy has dumped on my club twice in Champions League finals, head to head, and I still, yeah, and I still sit here day by day, going, "That guy is fucking incredible." It generally you know gets to the point where it doesn't matter that they've done that to your club because he's done it to every club. Like, yeah, every it's, club's it's not gone through that pain, it's and just, there's still it's people- genuinely equality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's still people just like absolutely worshiping this guy who just are not Barca fans.
0: Well, yeah, like, I, I he's saw probably dumped that- on their club numerous times. I saw after the final um, sort of legends of Brazil, Brazilian people, Brazilian fans sort of complimenting and and celebrating Messi's win, which is like, in my mind, relatively unfathomable. But when you look at the greatness of Messi, uh, you you can understand a little bit about why that would be the case. Um, I think we'll we'll move on and just quickly uh, wrap up with our Team of the tournament. I said we we're going to talk about the Premier League. We're absolutely not going to do that, people. I'm so sorry. No, no, uh, no,
1: no. We are so far away from football. Like, no, I, was, I don't really remember
0: anything. All I remember is Arsenal first and and City are second. <laughs> That's literally all I remember.
1: Um, I'm gonna have to type up my team in the tournament now. I have no idea who I'm gonna go with.
0: All right, I'll try and I'll try and delay. Uh, the podcast audience, no, I have some. Of, I have some of my own players ready. I've got my keeper ready for right, sure. I'm a, um,
1: uh, it, uh, okay. I'm gonna type my. I'm gonna type my team in one second. And
0: then. Cool. I mean, to be fair, there's loads of players. Um, and you know when we're doing team of the tournament type things, I always struggle with sort of players who are really, really good but left the tournament early. Um. Yep. So we can do some honorable mentions if we want. Um but in goal I have my keeper uh, locked and loaded um and it's none other than Morocco Morocco, sorry.
1: Yes, that's the same one. Yeah.
0: Yassine Bono. What a what a keeper. Um although I think you know what, I'll give a shout out to I wanna make sure I'm pronouncing his name right. Um I think it's Alois, the Saudi Arabian keeper. In the group oh, stage, he was he, brilliant. Yeah, he put in a yeah. real shift. Um let me just make sure I've got his name right. Yeah, Mohamed Alois, He was really good. And I think um, the Croatian keeper as well that you gave some uh, praise yeah, to before coach. he dropped to cover classics. 6. Yep.
1: Yeah, brilliant keeper.
0: Uh, and then also, to be fair, you know what? Would I put yes and Bono over Emmy Martinez? I don't, I don't know. Because of the penalty shoot? I honestly. don't think I know. I don't think I know. Yeah, the
1: penalty shootouts kind of like do put him a bit off. I just really liked the completeness of
0: of Bono. Same. Like I he, think I'm gonna like have more Argentina brilliant. players in my team as well.
1: Yeah. Well. Right. Are we doing? Are we doing centre backs first? Or are we doing?
0: So we'll, we'll we'll say for our keeper, um, Bono slash, Emi Martinez. Slash and then, and then we'll go centre backs first. Actually,
1: uh, okay. I'll go. Uh, I'll go in my two. My two are Gavardio. Yep. And I've I've got Stones slash Setter for Australia.
0: Oh, that's good. You know, yeah. Three great I-,
1: I I want to put Stones in, but I feel like. The fact that England went out to France is like put a damper on it. But I actually can't think of anything that Stones did poorly.
0: Yeah, like, I think people he was are, only good. People try to blame him for some of the um, goals that we conceded against France, but I think he wasn't massively at fault for any of them really. Um, and it's hard to put the blame probably, on him in those situations. I think what was yeah. really impressive with Stones was his ability uh, on the ball uh, and the way that he broke yeah. the lines. Um, And there were sort of clips going around the way that he sort of puts his studs on the ball and um, provokes the opposition to step forward onto him before he evades them, plays his passes through the lines. We struggled a little bit to progress centrally with only Rice in the middle, Um, but but Stone's made up for that uh, in, in good measure. So I think... Maybe he doesn't get into my actual team because England didn't get far enough, but like, yeah, massive. Yeah, massive that's, that's, that's
1: my only thing against it because I think I think I probably would put Setter there because I just think Australia getting through to knockouts is absolutely incredible. And,
0: yeah, you know, I think that's a great shot, actually.
1: But I think <clears throat> overall, I probably would go with Gavardio on Setter, but I do think that...
0: Um, Honourable mention.
1: Yeah, I do think he was brilliant. Like, I, I don't really know what he did wrong, to be honest.
0: I think all three of your shots are great. And I probably have them somewhere in my list. Um, I actually don't have any of them uh, as my two. Um, I know, fancy. Uh, I've got... uh, And I know he gave away a penalty and he basically almost threw the... um, He threw the World Cup back to to France. But Nicolas Otamendi. In that tournament, I don't care. Nicolas Otamendi for me was... I mean, he was the heart. Uh, I mean, there was like about four hearts uh, in Argentina with Depaul and <laughs> um, so Otamendi. Who else was there? Uh, Paredes. Paredes was a. I mean, Paredes was trying to fight anybody he could fight. Um, but but for me, I thought Otamendi was like this really aggressive, proactive defender um, against some of the most like physically imposing attackers. Um, and especially when the uh, Argentina's back was against the wall, like he he was sort of the defender to step up, played every game. Um, I think yeah. he played every game, but he was a sort of mainstay in that defensive side. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, he's prone to sort of one or two sort of errors that look massive because of the nature of his game being really aggressive and things like that. But I think the pros massively, massively outweigh the cons. And I don't think Argentina would have been yeah. close to progressing uh, and winning the tournament as they did without him. And then the other centre-back I've got is Saiz. Um, I thought he was yeah. really impressive. I think on the World Cup, I really appreciate centre-backs or defenders who are like reactive and sort of leave their zones and put their body on the line. And I know it's yeah. less common um at club level. But I think sort of it's a throwback to your Sergio Ramoses and your uh, kind of yeah. types. There's too um,
1: much space in in the boxes, and it just makes it really nice seeing that. I mean, just like Lissandro Martinez, it's like one of the many things I I admire about him. He's going to give away a pen at, at some stage, but for the five other tackles that he does make that are last ditch, I thank him for those. Yeah,
0: but, I think a shout a shout um, out to um, yeah. shout out to Upper as well. I think he, yeah, he was, was in a similar vein. He made a really nice block as well, yeah. I think, yesterday.
1: I think um, <coughs> yeah, he I, me- I remember I remember tweeting about I remember tweeting about Open because there's like a very like split thing between people like either really disliking him as like a bozo and like he drops too many <laughs> clangers or him like being excellent. And I remember tweeting like every time I'd watched him up until like a certain point, he'd been absolutely exceptional, but he he does just drop like certain clangers, yeah, like, like lapses in concentration. Like for the England game, for example, you know like, what? So I'm yeah.
0: like, is, is it, I'm I'm tough. probably more lenient um on footballers in general than sort of um sort of like the average sort of at least the average Twitter fan. But I think with someone yeah. like Opa McConnell, it reminds me a tiny bit of like the narrative around Stones a little bit, um, yeah everton early man city making errors but like the quality there is undeniable i think upper McConnell only being 24 years old is like there's there's massive room for him to improve i think there's so many defenders that we see who are like early mid Oh, he'll, he'll go
1: he'll go to the top for sure he'll go to yeah. the top for sure
0: um so yeah being sort of i mean he, he could potentially have like 10 plus years um still in in his game to play and um yeah, I think shout to him and he, he had a good tournament. Um, we'll yeah. do fullbacks, which I thought it was like yeah. difficult. Yeah.
1: I there wasn't yeah there wasn't the standouts. I I've gone with Luke Shaw, at yeah. left back because I I haven't I haven't got an England player in my eleven. Um, well, I've got two England players in my entire eleven, but um, yeah, I I you can kind of put Taylor in maybe, but I just he dropped he dropped a stinker in that final and yeah. I'd, I I went. I just think he was lapses in concentration. I think Bakayo Saka had his had his number all night long when we played him. I think um, I just don't think he deserves to be in there off individual performances. It's more his team getting to the final. And then for a right back, I have gone with uh, Astrav Hakimi. Um, no goes, right
0: backs really stood out. You
1: know, I thought I, Hakimi.
0: I, I thought Hakimi was good. I think um, he was. Jir, he was Jirano, good. is yeah. Joranovich. Jir, yeah,
1: Croatia. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Joranovich Jira, was Brilliant impressive as well. Plan. He was
1: great in that um, the game against. Oh my god,
0: I can't remember either. But I know there was a specific. He, he was game.
1: brilliant. He got man of the match in one game.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah, for brilliant. me, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna go Emi Martinez in goal just so I don't have a team full of Moroccans. Um, yeah. And then I'm gonna go Hakimi right back and then left back. He he didn't really play left back. He sort of was in left back zones. But I'm just gonna go Nathan Aki. Um. Yeah. Just because I thought he was quite impressive. Um, and he was thought, carrying I the thought, ball well, defending well.
1: I Aki and Daly Blind were both, were both good as well, actually. I thought Daily Blind was, was pretty good, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I think with Daly Blind sort of pushing up higher, um, it meant that sort of Netherlands basically had a back four at times with Aki playing at left back, which is why I put him in there. Um, but yeah, no sort of left backs really stood out for me. Um, I think Luke Shaw was a fair shout. When he did play, I thought he was actually... Uh, yeah actually quite impressive so I'm not mad at that either. Should we go midfield three? Yeah. And then a front three.
1: Yeah, I've got midfield three. I'm missing so many good players out in my midfield three but I have gone uh, Enzo Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez, and Griezmann.
0: That's a good three. Um, but
1: I've, I'm missing so many good players. You know, should
0: I try and make up the the good players that you're missing out in mine?
1: Because I can think of at least three who probably deserve to but be mine's in. Mine's
0: literally just Morocco. <laughs> Amrabat,
1: yeah. See, yeah.
0: Um, who else am I missing? Anahi. Yeah, right. But I'm just gonna pick one of them there. If I could, surely.
1: if I could throw in, if I could throw in another right back for Akima, like if yeah, I, throw, I don't even know who else, would. yeah. If I throw in another right back for Akemi, then I'll probably take Bruno Fernandes out and put um, either Amrabat or Anahi because. I think Anahi uh, was yeah. incredible. Um, I think Br- I, probably, I think Bruno Fernandes was brilliant but they just didn't get far enough and obviously they got knocked out by Morocco so I just
0: Yeah. I think you know what I, for my midfield 3 I'm going to go um I'm going to go Griezmann, Anahi, Enzo.
1: Yeah, that was yeah, so that's yeah, pretty much very very similar, very similar. And then yeah.
0: we'll go front 3.
1: Right. Um I think mine and yours might be the same but I've got uh, Saka Mbappe Messi
0: I've got uh, uh, I don't I'm
1: playing him out of position yeah I'm playing everyone out of position in that I mean
0: yeah who cares no rules Um, it's three
1: forwards yeah
0: I'm gonna go with you know what I'm gonna go with Messi Alvarez um, Mbappe
1: ooh yeah
0: because I thought Alvarez really turned their tournament around yeah, um, I just I'm just a,
1: like obviously you are as well but I'm really jealous of Bakayo Saka like yeah, genuinely really jealous
0: boy. like he needs to be in sky blue they've,
1: yeah they've got a they've got a homemade winger who moves like that you know what yeah. I mean like just
0: and to be honest you just, know what I, I think Saka could and I don't know I, I mean it's become a thing with me about about wingers moving into midfield and Whatever, like I know, I'm not helping the stereotype, but I really think Bukayo Saka can be proficient and play in those midfield areas. Did when do you when you say that? Do you look
1: at see? Because I'd understand it if you were looking at it from a from a standpoint where it was like he when he when there's more space in front of him, he's like dribbles are more effective.
0: I I think when you're in when you're such a good dribbler, if you have access to every angle as in you have a 360 degree
1: outside availability
0: to to exit, then I think that suits certain players who are really good at dribbling. I think when you have certain players um, who sort of exit or have a preference of where they want to exit, so sort of cut inside, for example, um, or if they're not as press resistant, then you want them to be protected on the touchline or play a little bit wider. But I think with someone like Bakayosak, who is really nice at receiving on the back foot, turning and then can exit basically inside, outside, behind him, like he has access and he's able to access all of those angles. I think when he plays centrally, um, especially with his good decision-making and um, sort of passing, through passing and things like that, I think he's genuinely a a good option uh, in those areas. And he reminds me a little bit of um, sort of a little bit of like Bernardo Silva um, as that winger who can play inside. Um, but yeah, I, I see why you put uh, Sack in there. I just think I've got to get the goal scorers in. in I'm, a, uh, I'm a
1: I'm a big I'm a big big fan of Alvarez. I mean, I literally I watched him at River Plate when I was watching Enzo Fernandez. So I'm I'm crying
0: over here. Crazy, crazy how Fernandez they had both of Liverpool, those you know. in one side, bro.
1: There is a crazy goal of Enzo Fernandez absolutely launching this ball down the right hand side to Julian Alvarez, and he finishes it at the near post. Ah, like, uh,
0: yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen it actually.
1: Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, that's a good goal. Shout yeah, out, it out it's River shame none of them play for my club, and they probably never will. So,
0: <laughs> even though maybe I'm, not, I'm, I'm so certain <laughs> that Man <my> United <laughs> scouts would have like scouted both of them for so long as well.
1: Oh, Ralph Ragnick, um what Julian Alvarez definitely and then it come out like political tweeted something about like oh Enzo Fernandes has been a name on Manchester United radar for like three years and i'm like benfica just played 12 million for him
0: i find it so like, interesting like, that no one just... no one um pulled the <laughs> pull the trigger for for Enzo earlier and i know that it's sort of like yeah. you want to you want to be sure and you you don't want to make a move too quickly that cheap... but yeah i think i think sometimes it's worth just I mean that's why I'm so glad that we we did it with Alvarez for I think 15 million how ridiculous is that? Um,
1: I think if if um, if Brighton didn't have as many young midfielders as they did, I reckon they probably would have because their South American scouting is obviously excellent. Yeah. So I I feel like they would have if they didn't have like um, Caicedo McAllister, like if they didn't have both of them starting in the same midfield, then I think they probably would have gone and got yeah. Enzo, Enzo Fernandez, but.
0: I think um, now, now Enzo's being caught with at like eighty plus million and.
1: Oh yeah, well he's literally he's been at he's been at Benfica for five months, and and he won like, young player of the tournament. And he's in a the World team. Cup. Yeah, he's that a won World top, Cup winner. Yeah. One young player of the tournament. Yeah, this guy's nuts.
0: His stocks are through the roof. Um, but to be fair, <laughs> whoever, whoever buys him, like shout at them because they'll get a lovely, lovely player. Yeah. Anyways, we'll wrap up this podcast. Um... And it's oh we'll been pl- an hour Yeah, I know, ridiculous um, <laughs> Every time uh, People know this, every time we plan for 30-40 minutes um, But you get one hour episode So if you ever plan for one hour episodes You'd get two hour episodes um, So we won't do I that for that. for a while um, Maybe if we ever do this in person And we have a studio and that, we'll, we'll get longer than one hour episodes oh, But for now that'd be,
1: yeah, That would be
0: sick um, But for now, we'll wrap it up appreciate everybody uh listening to the podcast as always um hit a follow hit a subscribe on whatever platform you choose to listen to um the podcast on and yeah we'll catch you again next week thanks for listening